welcome to the Echo Church Podcast. We hope you enjoy this message. Let's uh, welcome Justin as he comes up to share the word today. Jude. He's naked. No, no, where is he? No, he's not. He's not. I don't think he's ever been naked in here. He's been just shorts on or just pants. Um, really cool. Really great to see everybody. Um, yeah, so, so good. That was, it's, been, it's been great so far, hasn't it? Beautiful. Went for a 10k run this morning. Up nice and early. Takes me about half an hour to prepare for the run. Stretching, coffee, banana. <laughs> Stretching takes me like 20 minutes now. Um, but yeah, it's good. It's good to have goals. So be, be encouraged that consistency um, equals momentum. And momentum, when momentum starts to happen, you start to see the stuff you want to see in any area of life, whether it be church or just with fitness. It's just consistency, adhering to the same principles over and over and not changing the subject. So what I've been doing for a couple of years now, and it's been a game changer for all of me, <laughs> all of me. So it's been, uh, it's been really good running 40Ks this week every second day. Feel good. Um, who's um, applying for a job? Is there anyone that's on that, that, okay, cool. Anyone else? Just put your hand up, sorry, I should have said that. Is there anyone applying for, okay, yep. Just felt this in the shower this morning. That's all I'll say. (laughs) Yeah, it's cool how he just speaks, you know, like all of us hear God's voice and it's just going on the journey to practice a bit. And then when we practice and we get it right, we get confidence and we can do it again and then it just snowballs and then consistency Causes momentum. So, yeah, okay, cool. Stephen and Jill. Anybody else? Oh, Judy. Okay, three. Do I hear four? <laughs> Five. Oh, no, four. There is four. Okay. All right. Anyone else? It's, he is so kind, isn't he? Just speaking. So let's pray. You don't have to close your eyes. I always teach the kids this. Um, if it distracts you, close your eyes, but he still hears. Um, so, yeah, Jesus, just for these people. The great thing about this, and all we really need to say is that you see them. It's, it's clear. I mean, you saw them without me getting involved. But you know where they're at and what they need. And you thought it was a great idea just to, to prompt me in the shower because you wanted them to be encouraged. Yeah, encouragement to be seen, to be known to be spoken to with life. So yeah, be encouraged, guys, that he sees you and he's got you and you are highly favoured. You're not begging for favour, as I said last week. We don't text our friends for favour. Pray for favour. It's, it's it's, that's an old deal prayer. And we're just on a journey just renewing our minds into New Testament thinking and what he's got for us, yeah? Because you are highly favoured. The angel said that to Mary. Hey, Mary, you are highly favoured because you're going to give birth to Jesus. She carried Jesus. We don't just carry Jesus now. He's upped it. We're not just carrying Jesus. We're one with him. Whoa, that's good, isn't it? Let's wrap it up. Um, So, yeah, really cool, really great. So we've been talking. I mean, we've always talked, um, but recently... Uh, we've, we've just been highlighting um, just the, the Father's pleasure over you. 
and that he, he announced that and, and just made a great statement over Jesus before Jesus did ministry. And it doesn't matter how old we get, we don't graduate from the fact that he loves us before we do anything. And he loves us the same even when we do things that are outside his heart. He, 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 he's so pleased and proud. And, and we often think that he, he, he couldn't be because of what I've done, but he's so great and so kind that he can separate what you do and who you are. And the, the proud um, nature of who he is concerning you is always on. It's never not on. We can grieve his heart, make no mistake. Of course we can, because he wouldn't care if we couldn't. But it's not a salvation deal when we mess up. It's not a... It's not a kicked out of the house deal. It's a, an opportunity to grow and learn more about who he is and, and, and that connection with him and what it actually looks like to be a son and a daughter. So we've been looking at that, about how much he loves us, that his love's never turned off, that he's never had a bad thought about us, that our, our, our old nature was, we were, we were co-crucified with him. We were co-buried and we've been co-resurrected and we now have new life in him. A new and living way was made available through his body. Our sinful nature has died. Romans 6 is a great one to read. 5, 6, 7, 8, they're crackers. 1 to 4 is good too. And then 9 to Romans 12, they're awesome. 5, 6, 7, 8 are super special. So if you read 7 out of context, you, you, you get into a weird place. And often we pick some scriptures out of Romans 7 and then we can actually say that we do have a sinful nature. But if you don't read it in concept, which is 5, 6, and then 8, you don't get the full picture. So we're, we're working out what's really happened to us. And it could be contrary with past experience and what we've been taught or even sung about in the past. And we often just confirm our beliefs with how we feel, but feelings aren't the dictator of life. Jesus is. He's the author and the perfecter. He's the finisher. He started it and he will finish it in this beautiful place in between. We're just a bunch of people in process with a list of really hard stuff going on right now. Right now. And a a, a beautiful full list of promises, a full list of testimonies. You've got a full, beautiful, great list of testimonies in your life as well about what he's done. You've got memorial stones that, that you can pick up and remind yourself, God did something here. Yeah. That's why when we saw the first miracle baby, we, we, we put a stake in the ground and we start to celebrate and announce, this is what you've done. Testimony, do it again. Repeat, imitate it again. You are so good. Yeah. And we saw how many, eight, nine babies born over the last three years? Yeah. Was it? Yeah. Come on, mate. So this sinful nature deal, I'm not talking about it today, but I just want to start with it and then move into a couple of questions I felt the Lord ask me at the start of the year. This is like my fourth time I've spoken this year, um, but felt that it was time to share it, which is great. But the, that, that the cross and what happened to us, that everything, all the promises were made, yes, and everything was put into our account. And now we're on this journey of, like Bill says, everything's in your account, but not everything's in your possession which is a beliefs journey with him. It's an encounter journey with him. It's a repentance journey, changing the way that we think and letting our behaviour follow and our actions follow that. It's this beautiful journey and it's this tension of the finished work of the cross and everything being stamped, yes, but this renewed mind process. And it's a tension between the two of them. 
Because we're not, and we've got to be careful that we don't, when we start talking about the renewed mind journey, we can't get sucked back into performance and striving. We better, you better, you better, you better. No, no, it's from a posture of being a son and a daughter. It's from a posture of being confident. It's from a posture of I can always approach him even when I mess up. The prodigal son is a demonstration of a kind father who not just waits for you to come, but he runs towards you. Wow, that's good. Be transformed, Romans 12 says, and wouldn't it be just good? And a lot did happen at the cross. And I, and I don't know, if I did it, I just would have made us all perfect and that would be sweet and we have to do anything. But spirit's perfect, soul's catching up. We could talk for 17 hours about that. We might have some different opinions about that. I think that all of us were redeemed. Oh, I shouldn't have opened that can, should I? I don't think light and darkness can coexist. But I do believe in the renewed mind process because I know me. (laughs) I know what I'm like at my worst. Just watch me play golf. I had 38 on the front nine, guys. That's phenomenal. Trevor's here to witness. Trevor back row in the baby blue. Um, He, um, 38 on the front nine. Actually, I was well behaved, mate. 56 on the back. Like capitulation. And I was actually pretty... He didn't see me at my worst um, because I'm growing in the Lord. (laughs) But it was was a scene, guys. He was just consistent. I beat him by one shot. Uh, No, no, I wasn't saying that. Just... um, (laughs) I'll be one to highlight that. Play with the boys the other week, smashed them. No, no. Um, But, but, yeah, yeah. It's, it's, we're in a process. And, and I love what Paul says, like, it's not magic and it's not automatic. But there's a posture of being a son and working from love and from victory. So we're not groveling in the renewed mind process, yeah? It's like Paul says, like, consider yourselves dead to sin. Consider it. Now, it's not consider as in we would consider it today. It's consider Greek language, which is to take into account, wait for this next one to reckon with inwardly, to decide and to come to the conclusion. That's way different to human consider. No, I'll consider it. (laughs) No, no, it's to reckon with inwardly. Isn't that cool? So, hey, guys, everything's changed, Paul's saying, because he was a serial killer, wasn't he? Condoning Stephen's death. And then the transformation that happened, that, that just other, all the guys were like, imagine the rumours. I won't go there. But imagine it. Like, he had to work hard for re- reputation. That's why signs and wonders were important and, and backing up what he said. That's another 18-hour sermon. But, 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 but this, Paul's saying, consider it to reckon with inwardly that you are dead to sin because it's not an easy just answer because we know what we're like at our worst. And us at our worst is screaming at us all the time, trying to stuff us down. And then we've got the voice of the accuser, who we don't talk about him much, rightly so. But he's, he's uh, I think it's Revelation 12, isn't it? That he, he's whispering nonstop about how much you suck. And, and, and often he doesn't have to because you're doing a great job <laughs> about, about just entertaining the thoughts. So, so Paul knows how much you... How, how, how much you can disappoint yourself 
because you don't actually disappoint God. Um, and that just spirals us out of control. So he says, I want you, you need to reckon with this inwardly that you are dead to sin and alive to God. Dead to sin and alive to God. You've got to come to the conclusion that you are dead to sin and alive in Christ. And then he starts using language. Like read Romans 6. So many times it says dead, 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 dead. And then Paul's language in Romans 6, excuse me, it's, uh, he moves in his language like, so move on now. And it's not lacking empathy, it's matter-of-fact speaking. Reckon with inwardly, come to the conclusion, agree with the Lord, the power of agreement, Matthew 18, 18, like when two or more come together and agree, it's powerful. Don't, and then he's like, matter-of-fact statements, don't let, it, don't let sin reign in your, in your mortal body. Sin will not be your master anymore. Because you've been freed from sin, um, let's look at, I just read like the prompter, Paul's quote. You know, you know that one? Like the, you know, when they go, they go, Paul's quote, pause. Let that settle in. Now speak next line. I just did that. I just read that. <laughs> let's look at another death. That was what it said. And I wasn't meant to say it. Just letting you in on... Yeah, it's okay. Doesn't have to be polished or perfect, does it? I love, I love it how he's like reckon with this inwardly, and then move on. And it's not a you better, but it's a this is such a big deal for you. It's a big deal for us. It's a big deal for what you're called to. It's a big deal for your assignment that you've been given to by God. I want to read Joshua uh, chapter one, couple of verses, then we'll continue on. You've all read this before. Joshua 1. Now it came about after the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, that the Lord spoke to Joshua, the son of Nun, Moses' servant, saying, verse 2, Moses, my servant, uh, Moses, my servant is dead. Now therefore arise. Speaking to Joshua, Moses, my servant is dead. Now therefore arise. Cross this Jordan, you and all this people, to the land which I am giving to them, to the sons and Israel. Every place on which the sole of your foot treads, I have given to you just as I spoke to Moses. And he goes down and talks about inheritance and the promise and the promised land, flowing with milk and honey, this amazing inheritance that Joshua had the privilege of leading them into. Moses died, long story, poor choices, great leader, some poor choices, didn't actually get the privilege of leading the children of Israel into the promised land. But Joshua, his servant, was the one to take over that mantle. Similar to Elijah and Elisha, there's this passing on and God is saying, hey, Joshua, Moses is dead. Your mentor, your father, the one that you spoke to, the one that you clung to, the one that you would watch and learn and, and, and be taught by, that the, the closest person in your life outside of son of none, none. <sighs> so tempting every time I say something. But, but this guy was a big deal to Joshua. And, and God's saying, hey, Moses is dead Therefore, arise. Does that sound similar to Paul? You are dead to sin, 
but alive to God. Moses is saying, hey, God's saying, Moses is dead, therefore arise. Hey, Joshua, acknowledge the death of Moses, but now acknowledge your responsibility to be the leader now. Hey, believers, acknowledge the death of your sinful nature, but now acknowledge your responsibility to live it out now. Hey, Joshua, Moses is dead, therefore arise. And these are the two things that I, I felt at the start of the year. When I opened it up two weeks ago, the note said like January 9th, and now it says obviously October something at the top of it. But I'm like, these are the things that came to mind. And my mindset has probably changed a little bit. Um, and even so much so that if I preached this message 15 years ago, it would probably be heavy and harsh. But, but now it's in the context of we're a beloved son and daughter and he's never had a bad thought about us ever, yeah. even in the middle of an action that he's not pleased with. Oh, doesn't excuse stuff, but he's kind yeah. and great and has grace and there's connection yeah. when we acknowledge stuff. And we acknowledge the gap between the way that he thinks and we think. And we say, I'm sorry about that because I care about how you feel. And I know that you hate this and you don't hate it because for hate's sake, you hate it because it gets in the way of love. But it's these two questions. What needs to grow and what needs to die? <laughs> you easily preach this heavy, hey? easy. I'm not going to do that because everything's an invitation. Religion demands, but Jesus invites and enables. Religion demands you change. You better do this. You better do that. If you don't, then. Of course, there's consequences. It's like how we parent now. There's consequence to choice, but I want them to learn what God's like. There's choice. doesn't mean we parent and run a circus but this power of choice and understanding consequence in the kingdom as well what needs to die and what needs to grow that's a question for us today in your life what needs to grow what needs to die Moses died and because of that Joshua had to grow all the stuff was already in him because remember the prophecy? Remember the encouragement? Remember the Exodus 33, 11? And when Moses left the tent of meeting, his young aide would stay in the presence. Yeah. There was growth that was happening, but he had to go to another level. Moses is dead, therefore arise. Your sinful nature is dead, but you're alive to God. What needs to die and what needs to grow? This is not talking about a salvation thing, an identity thing, an anchor point of our life thing. This is talking about us working out what's already happened. What needs to die and what needs to grow so that that can flow. Didn't want to rhyme that. It's annoying. Edit that, Mitch. He didn't think he was capable, but God said... Be strong and courageous three times. That's evidence that he probably didn't think he was capable. There was growth, but I think what God's called us to often is, is scary, isn't it? Like you are called to much. 
You are caught, you in the seat. The person next to you is awesome. You are called to much. And when we think we suck, we put this weird thing in between the two of us and he d- doesn't want it there. Because he's like, what are you, what are you doing? <laughs> like I'm constantly running towards you. Love on. The scriptures about Joshua, just amazing. Just so much gold. Like I think it's Numbers 14.24. They went into the promised land. It said, my, my servants, Caleb and Joshua, have a different spirit. There's something about them. There's something about you. What needs to die? What needs to live? I'll tell you what needs to grow. Cactuses need to grow. Cactuses need to grow. I'm a cactus grower, guys. <laughs> it's true. It's true. Come around to my house. Dad walks out of the gate and, and just lost, lost footing on a pebble and <laughs> grabbed a seven-foot silver torch. Um, <laughs> it's happened three times and I was, we, had, we were having a good conversation and, he, and he, was, he was like explaining something, like we're a bit theatrical, the boxes, and he was like explaining that he's got 17 needles in his hand. <laughs> and I'm like, and, and I was like, and mum, is that a good spot for it just outside our gate? It's perfect. It's perfect. It's in a 400 by 400 garden bed, raised, scorier at the bottom so it doesn't get too wet with a really well-drained soil. There's a couple that are annoying me. Um, but they need to grow. They have to grow. And when I see the new pu- they're called puppies, apparently, on the they, new shoots. Um, I went into Garden World to have a look at their cactus display and I nearly cried. Like, because I'm a horticulturalist and a landscaper, and I have been for 20 years, and I'm being a bit weird and funny. Um, but but I, I just, I love plants and design and landscaping and had my own business for like 15 years, and I've been doing it for 22 years, and... Just love landscaping, love plants, but cactuses have, have caught my attention recently. Um, so much so that I said to Lee, you've got your Pavlova business, I'm going to be the cactus king. And, that, and I, so I bought a whole bunch of, um, uh, what do you call it, when you've got business and you've got stuff in a warehouse? Inventory, is that what it is? So I bought a whole bunch of inventory um, to get them growing, but now they're all in pots around the pool. Um, so there's no business, I just like them for me. And, um, but cactuses have to grow and I get excited about the growth. Our lawn, I'm very proud of my lawn as well. Um, and that's just an absolute specimen in, in, the, in, the, uh, in the community, <laughs> talked about lawn. And it's got, it's got pop-ups and I fertilise it and I look after it and I weed it, um, hand weed, yes. But that needs to grow. And, and I'm just thinking, like, what needs to grow in my life? Because that's cool and fun and awesome and he's into it as well. But what needs to grow in my life? Like, what do I need to grow in? I want to grow in hearing you better, God. I want to grow in confidence more to approach people that I see that are lonely or sick or just having a bad day. Because I know that I've freely given, so I want to freely give. I want to grow in freely giving. Understanding that that Matthew 10 was not about tithing, it's about power. I want to grow in that. I've got to keep growing. We've got to keep growing. And, And the temptation is that we go, growth has always been intense. I shouldn't say that. For me, it's, I've, I've made it intense. Through my lack of identity over the years, I've turned the growth deal, the personal transformation deal, the renewed mind deal, I've made it something that he hasn't made it. 
because he doesn't demand it and I don't fall short of glory because Jesus said, I've given you glory, John 17, 22. And we mix it up with how I think he sees me and what I think about myself and then I make it this pressure thing and I better thing and you better thing and, and if we don't, then he's tapping his foot just waiting for you to come home so he can whip you. But he's, he's, he, he's not doing that. He's running when you blew all the inheritance and you thought you'd just be a hired servant. He's running towards you. I mean, 10 years ago, I would have grabbed that phone. <laughs> but now I'm like, who cares? Hey, I'm serious. I, I just, who cares? Uh, <laughs> We've just, we've just got in our DNA growing. Where's that scripture? There it is. Ephesians 2.10. For we are his workmanship, translated masterpiece, dig a little deeper there, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand so that we would walk in them. So we're talking about walking in them with the posture of being a beloved son and daughter that he's never had a bad thought about. But we've still got responsibility. There's still consequence, of course. But what an opportunity. What an invitation. John 15, 16. You did not choose me, Jesus said. That's just cool. You did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you so that you might bear fruit and fruit that will last. Again, it's not you better bear fruit. How's your fruit? Share a testimony or you're no good. It's not like that. Do we want to hear the testimonies? Yeah. Would it be weird if you never had any? Probably. Yes, it would. But we're growing. So often you get in a staff meeting, share testimonies. Everyone's like, uh, not our staff meeting. <laughs> Non-stop. But you know what I mean? That can happen. Oh, oh, I mean, uh, like small group. Let's share what God's been doing in your life. Oh, my gosh. Uh, I didn't read all this week. I have no clue what he's doing in my life. Because work's been intense. Now, if it's always like that, we've got to do something about that. But it's not a you better do something about that. You know, hey, I've got to, this is hurting me. I've got to do something about that. And he's like, hey, my grace is going to enable you to, to grow and to do the things that you want to do and become who you already are. Is that okay? We've got to nurture it. I just can't not care about my lawn. Practically speaking, I can't just not care about it. What's going to happen to um, Sir Walter Buffalo turf, 120 mil thick, if, it, if I don't look after it? You should see the edges on this. On, on. It's not even fair. It's unbelievable. <laughs> but if I don't look after it, if I don't prep it, it, it was disgusting three weeks ago because of winter, and now it's coming, you see it. I'm going to bring a photo in, in in four weeks' time. But we can't not care about our growth. We can't not care. We can't just put cactuses all in mud and, and clay and just hope it works out. They're going to die. You've got to care. And it's not a care because there's pressure on you from God. You've got to care because you're better than that and you've got so much in you to grow 
He's designed you to grow and he loves you so much and he's calling you up and he's cheering you on. Cheers. 10.30, that's what it says. Sweet. (laughs) Cool, cool, cool. What needs to die? See, I would have started with what needs to die 15 years ago. Did it second this time. But what needs to die? What's got to die? I'm just going to pump out a couple of this. Like, like death is tragic. Um, premature death, accidental death, sudden death, sickness or disease caused by death. It's extremely tragic. But then we've got the flip side of death with another language and understanding about death, like a plant dying and, and stuff like that, which is a whole other paradigm of thought. Um, so when I use um, statements like, um, not all death's tragic, please understand, that's what I'm meaning. Because um, not all death is doom and gloom. When, I'm ta- when we're talking about people, of course, there, there's pain and tragedy that we have to work through and there's grief and, and all that. I'm not talking about that when I'm using the word death here from now on. Um, but not all death's tragic and it's not all doom and gloom and it's not, uh, not all death's disaster and not... All death is the end because it's in the pruning back that produces the most fruit. We could talk about your um, plum trees, apricots, raspberries and um, orchard on the other side of my cactus garden. It's phenomenal. (laughs) Beehives. It's in the pruning back that produces the most fruit. It's in the shedding of old skin that the new skin can come forth. It's in the death of Christ that brought us new life. It's in the seed that must die so it can produce what's inside it. So with the right perspective, some death isn't the end, but just a slingshot into what's possible and who you've been created to be. You know what needs to die? Mosquitoes. I tell you what, mosquitoes have to die. Bella's allergic to mosquitoes. And Ahab from Bethel stayed one night, left the window open. I haven't forgiven him yet. Um, <laughs> no, I, I have. Yeah, four years. That's why. I, no, um, no, no, no. He left his window open. Oh. Oh, maybe I haven't. Uh, <laughs> oh, I feel a knot in my chest. No. <laughs> I shouldn't joke about that because that's real. Not me not forgiving him, but unforgiveness. Um, yeah, and, and her legs were like... Made me cry because they turn into welts and huge thing with pus and why I had to get like antibiotic cream and wild praying, of course. And we did see a massive shift, so I want to celebrate that over the last summer. Maybe because I spent a thousand dollars on new powerpoints and the top of the range mosquito killers <laughs> that we hung outside, and I just stand there, Lee, coming to bed. I'm just watching him die, Lee. <laughs> It's amazing. It's, it's actually really cool. I might get a chair and have a bevy and just watch them um, disintegrate. Um, but I spent, again, like what needs to die? Mosquitoes need to die because they hurt her. I would spend five grand. I would do what it takes. Got my maid in, Sparky, hooked up PowerPoints, going to the front door, back door, and we bought the mosquito thing, plug in her room, like those things that you stick on the clothes. I was trying to Google them, but I don't know. I was just going, what are we going to do? We did see a big shift um, over last summer, which is awesome. But mosquitoes have to die because they are hurting my girl. 
what needs to die that's hurting you? And again, this is not a heavy, pressure, harsh thing. God's never like that. Does he care? He doesn't, he doesn't not care. So don't take my words as he doesn't care. He cares. <laughs> Things matter. Righteousness matters. Justice matters. Stuff that, the wrongs matter. What needs to die that's hurting you? So we, we've got to ask questions. If you, if you don't ask questions, you don't get answers. So what needs to grow and what needs to die? And it's most of the things you might go to an action or a behaviour, but it always starts with a thought and belief and a paradigm in which you think. It's always the, when everyone comes to me and goes, I did this or did that, I'm like, all right, well, that's an outcome. It's not a great outcome. <laughs> wow. So it's a horrible outcome. But... <laughs> Wow, and then, and then they leave. Going, why do you keep saying wow? No, but I'm like, I'm like, okay, let's talk about why you're doing this, because something needs to grow and something needs to die, and it's all it always starts in our in our thoughts, in our thought life. What gets in our ears and what goes through our eyes starts to marinate in our heart and our mind, and if we do that enough, we start to entertain stuff, we start to apply stuff, and down the road that begins a lifestyle. But, it, but it's not a lifestyle first. It becomes, it's a lifestyle at the end and then it, it's a habit and then there's, there's some actions and then there's a thought. But the, for the thoughts to get into a lifestyle, you've got to have consistency, consistently bad thinking or just can't be bothered or just tired or hurt. Or, and that's all real stuff. It's not pull your head in, don't be that. But it's acknowledging all that and going, I really need to grow. I've got to grow some stuff's really got to die. Moses is dead, therefore arise. He's dead, so we've got to grow. So really, it's, a, it's an acknowledging that this, we could boil it all down to a lies and truth deal. Lies and truth. Lies and truth. The enemy is called the father of lies. Jesus is truth. Holy Spirit is the spirit of truth. So, so the process now, the practical element of, the, of we've been talking practical, but, but what do you do? You've got to ask questions. I mean, if you want to get super practical, I'll just say make time with Jesus and process it all. Nothing happens without that, obviously. We'll talk a bit about that December, maybe into January, about time being the number one thing that holds us back. But making time for God and time for people, to connect with people, to be encouraged, to let people speak in and call you up, not call you out. To allow God to speak to you, to allow people giving full permission, or at least someone outside of your spouse to speak in, to give full permission, which takes time and trust. But if you never start, it'll never happen. It's a lies and truth deal. So what we entertain grows. If we, if we believe and entertain lies, we empower the liar. But if we embrace truth, then we're set free. 
It's not the full story, actually. Because when we talk about truth, it's not actually the Bible. The Bible is true. And the Bible defines truth and articulates truth perfect. But there's one step ahead. Truth is a person. So it's not actually in the cognitive reading of the Bible that you are set free. It does not say in him whom the Scriptures set free is free indeed. And I'm not saying this to devalue Scripture, but it's another mindset thing that we've got to do better, read more, study more, so I can work, so I can work this out. It's like, no, no, no. He who the Son sets free is free indeed. And you will know the truth before that. You will know. We talk about this a lot. Ganisco, to know by experience. To know. Hebrew word, yada, Adam and Eve, knew each other. Sexual relations, that's, that's in there, the Greek and the Hebrew, both. Sexual relations, it's intimate. To know you, God. And you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. It's in the knowing, it's in the experiencing of Jesus that sets us free. What needs to grow, what needs to die. Just want to share just in the last minute, um, free in the Greek. Liberated from various kinds of ownership, confinement and distress, prison confinement, political domination and oppression wonder if that's a mindset thing. Physical sickness. A release from the marriage contract with death. And God's release of the sinner from sin. A free person is often contrasted to a slave. Let's stand to our feet, please. As the prayer team can come forward, I wonder if it's resonated with you today. You're called to an enormous amount. You are called to an enormous amount. And just, yeah, come sort of more front and centre. If there's any other leaders in the room that are on the ministry team that feel to pray, come forward now as well. That'd be amazing. Um, what, I, what I don't want you to do now is just sort of wind down and start thinking about lunch because I'm starving as well. But just, just now, a couple of minutes. If you've got to go, go, of course, sweet. But, but what needs to grow, what needs to die? If closing your eyes helps, awesome. If it doesn't, cool. But what needs to grow? This is not a, you're going to figure all this out today and have a plan today. This is a, a stewarding thing. Wow, that resonated with me. I've got to take some notes. Might have to talk to my wife about setting aside 15 every morning. She has the kids. They can't come in. And then I'll have them. Planning to spend time with Jesus. That metamorphosis, that transformation journey. You know what meta means, the first part of that word? Being with someone. Mm. So what needs to die in my life, God? Is it comparison? Is it jealousy? Is it, what needs to die? What is it? What are some things that are, that are hurting me? If you don't know, ask someone close to you. What needs to die? It's not a harsh message. That's an invitation. So that we can deal with the things that get in the way.
It's like the mosquitoes with Bella. I've got to kill them because they hurt her. What's got to die? What's got to grow? What do you want to grow in? What are you passionate about? The kingdom and Christian living and Jesus and one with Him, it's not an addition. It's not a sideshow. It's, it's everything. Jesus said, my food is to do the will of the Father. My food, the thing that fuels me when He was offered food by the disciples, He said, my food is to do the will of the Father. We were created in Christ Jesus to do good works. And when we discover our our role to play, our our grace, our gifting, the things that stir stuff within us, even if they're not fitting in the, you know, the the, the perfect formula of it's a men's ministry thing. No, no, it's it's bigger than that. No, it's a it's a ladies' ministry, it's a youth, it's a kids. No, no, no. Let's let's think outside the what we've structured the church ministries to be. What are you passionate about? And then let's see that grow and fanned into flame and encouraged by people that are championing you on. So if that's made sense today, the prayer ministry team's gonna be up the front and I'd, I'd, I'd challenge and encourage you. We can easily get in the mindset of I don't need prayer. But I wanna encourage you, there's gonna be an opportunity to respond every week to, to, to what's been spoken, to what God's been speaking, to what Holy Spirit's been saying, aisle to aisle, seat to seat. There's opportunity. Often we just need to go up to someone we don't know and go, hey, some stuff's got to grow, some stuff's got to die. You don't have to tell them. I'd encourage you to tell someone. You might not know these guys. And they'll pray for you and call some great stuff out of you, remind you of how He sees you. So if that's you, don't rush off to get a triple shot latte. Come up and get, get some prayer. Be encouraged. Tell your friend, tell your spouse, hey, I need to, some things got to die. Some things got to grow. Can you help me? And when you, when you try and help me, I won't bite your head off because I asked you to. Is that okay? So Jesus, right now, thank you, Holy Spirit, you remind us. Some of you might need to take some notes now so you don't forget. But God, you remind us what needs to die, what needs to grow. Jesus' name, there's an opportunity to respond now. You just come up and worship on keys for a couple of minutes. The guys will pray for you. If not, connection time, we'll call it. But yeah, thanks, Jesus, so much. We love you, amen? We love you. We love you, Jesus. We love you, Jesus. It's going to be an amazing week. In Jesus' name, amen. Prayer team's here. Cafe's there. Sweet.